Okay, everybody, we're here for the guest life. Episode three, we've got special guest Steve Kolakowski with us. He's the co-owner of Core Urban Inc., um, where him and his partners in the city have been able to, you know, really take the old and give it a lot of life. Um, so thanks, Steve, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, start off by telling uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself. Just bam, just right off the bat. Like That's that. it, just man. Who everything? is who's Steve Kolkowski and why just are you in my story. office? This is the, we're gonna just do yeah. it just like that. Just dive in. Um, local guy, born and raised in Hamilton. Um, passionate about the city. Grew up downtown on Queen Street. Okay. So absolutely uh, admittable bias on what goes on in Hamilton and, and Hamilton as a city. Um, but yeah, just grown, born and raised and excited about Hamilton. That's awesome. So the reason I brought Steven, um, we've known each other for 10, 11 years now. Um, I was just a little mutt when I met him uh, as a first year apprentice at uh, one of his buildings downtown that he was taking a leap of faith on. Um, and I brought him in. Steve's one of those guys that, you know, when he walks in a room, if you know him, the energy's there. Um, he's very passionate about what he does. And, you know, his story I find is so unique because um, one of the things that, that I take away from you is, is you know, what is the, you know, the best way to be in a position of you now? So, you know, developer, um, old with the new. You know, tell us a little bit about, like, how you got there and where you started from. So Herkimer and Park, or Herkimer and Bay. Herkimer Bay. Um, yeah. Is a building that we, we met on. So tell us a little bit about, like, how you got to that stage in your career. Um, like I said, I was always always biased to Hamilton and growing up downtown. I, I, I always kind of grew up uh, defending it and went to Mac where it's a catchment of all kinds of different people come in. And I was really defending it because it's like hometown – university, people from outside, and it was a different time, different city, it felt a little bit different. Um, and my argument was always simple, that Hamilton's, a, like, it has a lot of natural beauty. It's geographically placed in, like, a great part of Canada. Yeah. Uh, close to Toronto is always good, so even despite being, having challenges in Hamilton, we should still succeed because of Big Brother. Um, but my core argument was always that Hamilton has a lot of great buildings, um, but there's no real interesting places. So we yeah. had a lot of places to live. There's lots of apartment buildings in Hamilton, but there weren't a lot of interesting ones. Um, a lot of office buildings, um, but not a lot of interesting ones. So when people said, well, how you, what would you do to get people back or get people into the city? And it was always a really easy argument. It's just, create interesting spaces either to work in or to live in and then hopefully people recognize that and want to live or work in those places and that gets people back into a downtown so that was always my thing um my argument that downtowns could be cool not that it isn't or wasn't um no it's okay it wasn't cool <laughs> it had some challenges. Yeah, it had some challenges. challenges. Yeah, there's there's some things to be proud of now. Not that now, there wasn't now, before. Now, yeah, Not now, there now, wasn't before. Now, definitely. Um, You're big it's just cele celebrating the the cool bits. Yeah. And um and trying to get people back to a downtown that more people bring life. So if there's more people on the street, there's more life on the street. If there's great places to work, then 
there's people during the day. If there's great places to live, then there's people populating the area yeah. at night. So it's like, it's a bit of a balance. Um, but that was kind of the, the vision that, okay, if, if we could do that, then that might be able to make a bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, so just that was the vision coming out of school that that's what I'd like to do. I love that. So, and that got you to construction or you, you like, how did you get into the construction industry? Um, my dad's a really hands-on guy. Um, like so, handyman, like stand over your back and uh, watch you work or like a, he knows what he's doing? Just a uh, mechanic by trade. Okay. Um, one's a body shop. So okay. really like hands-on person. Yeah, tradesman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so awesome. um, when I was getting close to finishing school, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And uh, I wanted to get into real estate. It's like, well, you don't know about anything about real estate. And he's, my parents are very supportive, uh, but re realists as well. So um, how would you do such a thing? Um, so I went, well, you know, maybe I'll work and do some stuff and save some money and then I'll be able to, to get into real estate. It's like, but you still don't know anything about real estate. So when are you going to tell me the part where you're going to know something about yep. with this business that you think you can yep. Um, so he's very supportive after supporting me through school. I, I went, well, if you want to know construction, because I didn't have any friends or family in construction, then you have to go and learn. So go figure it out. Like, that's the only way. To, figure it out. If you're going to be successful, you have to know what you're talking about. You can't just assume that other people are going to do it and nobody's going to respect you if you can't do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So how can you ask somebody to do something if that thing is that you can't do yourself or at least contribute a little bit in the conversation. I can't pretend that I can do what you could do, but yeah. we can have a conversation about it. For sure. So that's when I started picking up the phone and trying to figure out who would hire somebody that had no <laughs> construction knowledge or experience. And it actually was kind of hard. What'd you do at Mac? Uh, economics. Nice. So, uh, not construction based, not construction, not construction. Um, and had a great time. Um, so I, I literally started as a framer or as a laborer to a framer okay. before I could be trusted measuring and cutting and not wasting material. I was just moving the material around for a little bit. And uh, I just viewed it as learning. You know, it was so if you, the mentality was a little bit different. It was a really uh, it's tough pace framing. It's a really tough pace. Um, so it was a great uh, place to kind of get ingrained some strong work ethic yeah and uh great guys that i worked for and i worked for them for a period of time until i felt comfortable that i could actually frame a house myself yeah and then i went my knowledge here i kind of i'm ready for the next part of the journey for the knowledge and i had enough skill at that time to be able to work for a custom home builder um that it was actually a really cool experience because they um they did really cool additions on some existing buildings. We also did some brand new houses too, but uh, the cool part for me that resonates today um, was old houses, you know, and, and Burlington Oakville, so we're talking like, oh, okay. you know, a 2,000 square foot house that's 100 years old with a 3,000 square foot addition. So just, just really cool projects. And there was two partners that own the company, great guys, and I was able to see the whole process happen 
yeah. of how to be a GC and, and how construction works and how to interact with trades. And, and not that I could do everything or learn how to do everything, but I, I got to figure out how the process worked a little bit. And uh, after working for them for a bit of time, um, I was able to buy my first house in central Hamilton for 120000 and uh, it was a great house. It was owned by one family for the last like 60 years, so nothing had really changed. And just worked on in the evenings and weekends while I was working for these guys. And uh, they were great guys to work for because I didn't have a lot of tools. I didn't have a lot of money for uh, materials. But at the end of the day, it'd be like, what are you working on tonight? Here's some tools. <laughs> Do your thing. Yeah. You know, it was mostly sweat equity. That, and and that was kind of the first step in, in, the, in the journey. And, flipping houses or getting in real estate that way, my mind was a way to grow the dream because mm -hmm. real estate's such a capital you know, equity based business that you, you, you got to have that to be able to do projects. So I thought, well, if I can do some house houses, like flip some houses, fix them up, find some opportunities, then I could do more projects and, and be able to do bigger projects. How, and, how old were you at that point? Uh, I bought my first house when I was 22. Wow. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. Out of university, 22. That's amazing. Yeah. So then you just compounding that? Yeah, it was the only way to do it, right? You got to keep doubling down and doubling down and keep putting the chips in. And now, just so everybody's aware, like, you know, what is the, I mean, not to get into too much detail, but like, how, you know, Steve's done a lot of different buildings in the city. Um, and it kind of a lot like what I love about you is the fact that, you know, I when I met you, you were you were this Steve, and you're the same Steve now, which That's is cool. great. Yeah, it really is. And and you know, the development and stuff it hasn't changed who you are as a person. And I really you know, for anybody listening, you know, Steve's one of those guys like you know why can't we do it? Like why not me? Why not now? Right? What's the excuse? We can do anything. Let's do it. Yeah. So let me add like. Was there ever, what does risk mean to you? So like, did you ever feel like, oh my God, I'm risking it all every time you did a flip? Or for you, is it, like, tell, tell us what that means. Yeah, I mean, real estate's inherently risky. Um, and and certainly there was a lot of risk early days. And uh, all in. yeah, I mean, it was all ins. Um, but I felt in control. Yeah. It was my own all ins. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it was, it was on me to make it work or not. And if I could control my destiny and just work hard, work through it, um, it should be okay. And worst case, it just, it's money, yeah. um, which hurts, but it's, it's just recognizing that it was in my control, try to control it, try to mitigate the stress and the risk and just the amount of time and energy you can put into it, just crush it yeah. and do every project. We try to have the same approach that just, just let's crush it. Let's do it. Like timelines, got to go fast. We could, time is our commodity. You know, we can only do so many projects a year. Um, so the faster we do them, there's more opportunity. Yeah. And it allows us to do more things uh, or the opportunity to do other projects, which is what we want to do. 
So I'm going to tell a story. No, I know some people don't want to hear me, but because we have Steve here. So I'm going to tell, <laughs> I'm going to tell one story. And I, I think I had to reiterate this to Steve once, but I was a first-year apprentice, so I don't even know if I was signed up at the time, for those who don't know that. Um, and it was <laughs> – he knows the story. So we're at the first project, and, and like I said, Steve's a very hands-on guy, and he always has been. He still is. He's, you know, he, he took his work boots off uh, before he got in here. But um, – <laughs> So we're sitting at, we had a finishing and it was the same thing. So we were at Herkimer and Bay. And how many units was that? 23. 23 units. So we were at one of the units and these were big, beautiful, old, rustic. They were cool. Yes, yeah, super cool. Like, you know, original hardwood floors. Um, Steve redid the elevator. And I'm a first year apprentice installing a toilet. It's nine o'clock at night. And uh, I go to get up and I, I, I throw my back out, like completely. And it was the 30th of the month or something like that. And he had someone moving in on the first, as he always did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's, we're still painting, cleaning. And Sometimes it's still, you had to ask the moving truck to go around the block a couple times. Yeah. It's okay. And uh, so I threw my back on. I go, I go Steve, man, like, I'm, I'm here for you. Like, I'm, I'm all in. But, like, I can't. I can't even get up. I can't, I can't move. He, he goes, it's over. He, he, it's goes, over. he goes, it's not over. <laughs> he goes, listen. He goes, we have to get this done. Um, and you, I explained to you how to finish the shower controls in the master ensuite. And I'll never forget that because it just goes to show, like, first of all, I couldn't walk. I don't even know how, I don't remember how I got home. Um, you never forget it because you're so pissed. You just want to go home. Well, it was like, it was, the, the frustration was there, but it was also like, wow, like this, like this guy's got some drive, <laughs> right? Like, you know, the owner of the building's willing to sit here. I'm a first year apprentice. I was you know, 18 or 16 or whatever, however old I was and, you know, giving him instruction of how to put it together because I couldn't even lift anything. Um, I'll never forget that day, um, especially as we work more together now. Um, and it just goes to show guys like the, you know, your ability is all, as, as best as you can believe it is. Um, and Steve, Steve's a testament to that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was a big moment. I have me. a hard time with no. Most people that know me go, I just won't accept it. Yeah. It's just a, a word that doesn't resonate in my head. It's it's why, right? There's a difference between being patient and being lazy. And I find that that's, you know, that's a fine line there. Um, so now that you're, you know, busy and very productive and, you know, you, you just had your second kid, um, you know, how do you manage the day-to-day challenges that come out your way? Because I'm sure by the time you get something, um, Put, put on your desk it's it's a it's a big you know problem or it's a big over you know big challenge to overcome as well as you know looking for new developments uh, looking for new opportunities meeting with yeah. clients meeting with the city um, how do you manage time because I know you know everybody that we've had on so far it's, it's you know high level people very fast paced very important they're you know they always end up being the key key people so how do you manage your daily days like daily tasks um, I think it's just being able to put it in compartments. Okay. Um, I think it takes some training. It certainly doesn't just happen overnight. Um, but business is just a challenge. There's always just challenges. It's just nonstop challenges. Um, so I think I've been able to put problems in places. Like I can go home and I can lock that in a compartment and be able to be with my family and okay. enjoy it. Um, at the same time, I can almost, it, it, it sounds harsh to say I can put my family in a box 
when I go to work and then just focus on crushing what I need to do at that time and just, just crush it. Dial in. Um, so I, I'd like to think that I can really focus on what I want to do when I want to do it, whatever that might be. It yeah. could be personal, it could be business, um, whatever. Yeah. Whatever I want to be doing at that time, I can just kind of be there and enjoy that time. Because I do enjoy the business side. Like yeah. I enjoy what I do. So I do want to be there and be present when I'm there. And, and I love being at home with my family. So it's just I've been able to train myself to go put it in a box and we're going to open this one. We're going to close that one. So I think I think it, it takes a little bit of time. But, mm. you know, also, you know, having the resilience <clears throat> to be able to take challenges. Like when, when something does come up, I almost, I, I, I don't spend a second on whatever the problem is. I yeah. just go right to whatever the solution is. Because we can all, in our life, doesn't matter what it is, what the challenge is, you could just dwell on, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this is, the, the, I spent all day and I can't believe what happened. But if just go, that happened, move aside, let's let's go to figuring this out. It's almost as soon as the words are coming in your mouth that this is a problem, it's like, it's already gone. We can go back and we can talk about it later. Yeah. And try to be better and try to f- figure out how we grow from that situation. But we can't dwell on it. We've got to work to solution. Yeah, especially with the timelines that you guys are you're restrained to. Um, so I guess... Man, it's, it's, it's a daily, daily occurrence of all oh, this came up, all oh, that came up, you know, how are we going to manage this? Um, especially in construction, but in life, right? Yeah. The kids are sick. Well, that sucks. I got a deadline. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting, different perspectives of, you know, importance and also, you know, being present in different situations, I think is really interesting in the sense of like, you know, you want to be present at home, but same thing, like, you, you know, can't always be thinking about your kids when you know you you're putting up buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a bit about like kind of keeping the history in the buildings that you've done. Um, you've won a ton of awards in the city for you know historic buildings. I mean every year you win something, which I think is incredible, um, especially because we've been able to be a part of Steve's projects, um, and it's so cool to see the finished product, and it's so interesting. Um, like talk about that. You know what I mean? Like the vaulted ceilings, you know, the old plaster that you're keeping. Yeah. Um, is there a cost? Do you care? Um, are you, you know, the final product is, is it that cool, that energy, that vibe, um, you know, mm-hmm. going to the meal for a cocktail and seeing like all the old shit on the walls. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think anecdotally you never go away somewhere and go, I, I love this. 1990s glass tower the architecture was amazing i loved eating in this old like you know anecdotally the stuff that you remember uh where you go anywhere where you are in your hometown is the stuff that's cool and we just as a company want to do the right thing all the time so it's not always about trying to shave off that bottom and but that's not about crushing it crushing it to me is Great product, we could be proud of, um, city could be proud of, and you know it resonates with people to the point where it brings new life to the city. It just is a net benefit to the downtown, to the city. So that's what 
gets us excited and then it makes the building successful. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, we'll sacrifice filling a building as quickly as possible for the right people, okay. which is a little bit counterintuitive because yeah. Hamilton's commercial vacancy is double digits. It's not like this is the best place to invest in commercial like office space. Residential, it's great, but office space is still a challenge in Hamilton. But getting people there, mm -hmm. getting it filled makes a big difference to Hamilton. And uh, we will say no as much as we say yes because we want the right companies to be in a building and we want we look at uh, tenants as partners. You know, that we they make up how a building works. Like the the heartbeat of a building is made up by the people in it. it you gotta seed it with the cool factor, but if it's not I don't want to be corny, it's not no. like germinated by yeah. you know the people that are in it, 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 it just dies. Energy. It's got to be cool. It's got to have the energy. And we will wait for those cool companies because it it means a difference for Hamilton to have the companies like that downtown in that kind of space that can attract new talent mm -hmm. and then retain the talent that we've got here. Because when I was in school, people didn't talk about, I can't wait to have the opportunities in Hamilton. It was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, so... I guess my bias from back then is still strong today where I want those people to stay in Hamilton because I think it's good for the city. Yeah. And if they could stay in cool spaces and that contributes to a business coming, then that makes us really proud. Awesome, man. It's great. So what is the, um, how do you market to those companies? Like how do you get them through? How do you bring them in? You've brought in so many already. Um, you've also, you know, again, just from my, my knowledge of your business, You've been able to kind of like, you even let companies grow with you. Um, you know, if, if you guys know King William downtown, Steve's completely, you know, I was standing in a pit with him and he was like, oh, you want to do this, this project? <laughs> um, and, you know, now we've got, uh, we've got the French there, Berkeley North, um, Frats. You know, just some beautiful, beautiful buildings down on King William. So, like, how do you, um, how do you market to those companies? How do you, how do you get the word out? How do you get the name out? And then, obviously, like, you know, you're a relationship guy, and you know, again, partners. Mm -hmm. We're we're all partners, um, and I think it's a great way to build this city. Um, the way that you know, it it it's always been building. You know what I mean? But it as it you know as it develops and as it changes, I think that's so interesting. So, how do you do that? I think it's trying to align the vision with the right people. Um, you know, a lot of the times we'll actually go out to business owners in Hamilton that we think could benefit from being in one of our buildings. Okay. Um, and now it's starting to be more and more people from the outside um, that there's enough buildings that we have that there's a, a bit of scale that people say, well, that's a cool building. That's cool. I think it'd be in that one, I think it could be that one. And they all end up being kind of from the same company. Yeah. And it is a way for people to find us from outside, from inside. I think we do a really good job um, trying to stay with the local businesses and go, you could benefit if you're in this business or in this building, sorry. Um, and trying to be really conscious that decisions that we can make can actually shape the city. It's a, we kind of, we really, understand it as a responsibility that we don't take lightly that those decisions can have an impact on how the city is so um, 
you know, when we have a space that could be a restaurant, we're very conscious what kind of restaurant it would be. Does it compete with the restaurants that are already tenants of ours? Um, is it going to net, net contribute to the area or is it going to be the same? We yeah. want always every building, every project to be a net benefit to the city um, and to the community. So we're very conscious of that responsibility that we we need the businesses to kind of be that high tide lifts all boats. Like it shouldn't be like we don't want anybody to do well individually. We want everybody to do well. Mm-hmm. And we really try to try to work on that. And if it means handpicking businesses, like, you know, our latest project, it, it should be a, a certain type of tenant on the main floor. We have gone out to those types of tenants, types of businesses and gone, this is, this is best for you. Are we allowed to say who's on your main floor with the new building? No, but, but it's going to be cool. Yeah. Well, I know because we I, try really hard yeah. to, and go, you know. For all, for all the viewers on that, it's going to be kick-ass. It's going to be cool. Yeah, it's going to um, be really cool. So um, we, we, and we'll, we'll wait uh, until we can actually fulfill that. You know, if, if it means the building has to be vacant or a portion of it has to be vacant until we can make that vision a reality with the user, then we'll wait because it, that little bit short term will be so much better in the long term. Yeah. And it's a long game, real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And cities are long games. Yeah. So we try to look at everything as just doing the right thing. Like, how do we just do the right thing? And if we're not going to live in it or we're not going to work in it ourselves, we're probably not going to do it. Do you feel outside pressure? Um, like, you know, someone's holding the check. Hey, man, I really want to be in your building. I'm a tenant. Uh, you know, does that happen often or, you know, not so much? Like pressure to do something pre- we don't pre- want to do? Yeah, exactly. Not really. We just try to stick to our vision and if they don't align, then that's okay. Yeah. It's not that I'm not a good person or yeah. I don't like you. <laughs> just, we just don't align. Yeah. Um, and that's okay in my, in my mind. Um, but we try not to let outside pressures come in too much and especially when there's, you know, there's growth and stuff's happening we we just want to even even kill you know like it's just hit singles and doubles doesn't have to be the one like home run that changes all of downtown or changes our business just like be where we're at keep going keep making a difference awesome and then um so you had a, a unique project recently where you purchased a building for the salvation army correct yeah to get them you know to find them new space like I just, that blows me away um, that you're able to do that for such a great organization that gives back to the city constantly. So you're able to keep them downtown where, you know, where the yeah. the users are. Um, well, not that the users aren't everywhere, but like, tell us about there's that. Need, like, there's a need downtown, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it comes from our, our business. We just always want to do the right thing. And um, just explain, can you explain just so I understand, but just the viewers, they might not know uh, what, what the situation was. So we purchased a building with Salvation Army in it, and we wanted to redevelop it. And um, it was vacant except for the Salvation Army. It was a thrift store, so it was kind of like a value village. It's a place where people can buy stuff at a discounted price that had been used. So it's great for the community, um, and they're right downtown. But we wanted to redevelop the building and we couldn't do it. Most of the buildings we do are so bad or so neglected mm-hmm. that 
they need to be, it's not just pretty, it's like the way they work has to work. You know, it has to be a new, a new version of itself, even though it might look old. Um, so nobody could be in there while we're doing that. So we it, it purchased the building. We were doing some other stuff. So uh, there was lots of time for Salvation Army to, to find another home. But they were struggling to try to find something. And not everybody thinks the Salvation Army is great like you and I or most people. But some landlords can be unusual. So they ended up finding the very perfect building downtown. And um, the people didn't want to rent to them. Um, so it was a little bit tricky because there was some moving, moving parts. But long story short, the important part was that we were able to purchase the building. And it, it, it was a really cool deal because we just did it because the right thing to do. But from a karma perspective, it's awesome. They were so happy. Yeah. Um, we weren't going to kick them out without them having a home. So it's self-serving because we wanted to get going and get working on this project. Yeah, which is totally fine. Um, but we, we wouldn't do it without taking care of uh, these people first. So the facility they're in now is way better. It's, it's double the size. It's like brand new. It's one story, easily accessible. Uh, there's accessibility issues at the last building. There's parking, there's drop-off donation area. Like just everything is better about it. Yeah. And if you dropped it where you'd want to put it, it's better. Like it, it just, everything's better. So it was one of those deals that was a bit of a challenge, but um, what came out of it was just a win, you know, awesome. like for everybody. It's just a really good thing. And, and sometimes when we're um, dealing with tenants, or potential tenants or potential purchase that we're trying to work through a deal, we'll say, we want to meet with you. It's like, what? Why do you want to meet with us? Like, just go through a real estate agent. But we want to understand, like, how we can make this work. And sometimes people think that it's disingenuous, that we're trying to, like, backdoor it or what What are we up to? Yeah. It's really just, like, everybody could, it, it's okay for everybody to be part of it. It doesn't have to be a somebody wins and somebody loses. Yeah. So if we could do that on every deal and just try to approach it, like we're just trying to do the right thing. How do we make this work for you, work for us, that achieves our goals, achieves your goals? That's okay. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um, but it's it's funny to watch sometimes people are like, I, I, I don't understand why you want to meet with us. You know, you're just going to kick us out. Or why do you want to buy this building? Like just There must be an angle. There's got to be an angle. You it doesn't always have to be an angle. That's what they're thinking, right? Um, we see that all the time. I think it, you know, having humility is, is now more, it's becoming more normal. It's not, you know, these, I see it anyways, as, you know, not these high class business guys, like just trying to, you know, cut everybody and make them bleed. Yeah. It's, I think it's amazing what you're doing, like giving back to the community, getting involved and giving up, like caring. Yeah. Right? Not just let's get a new tenant in, let's fill the you know fill the doors, get the yeah. Rent. I mean, we meet with some people, you know, and they'll talk about how great it is that they're cutting off the washing machine services to their tenants so they can kick them out and jack rents up. It's like that's not that's not cool. I yeah, don't think that's cool. I think that's fucking heartless. Yeah, you're just being a dick for no reason. So we are in the business of making buildings better in real estate or developing 
buildings into something that inherently sometimes has a negative spin-off that could make things more expensive. Mm -hmm. And there's that word gentrification that comes out all the time. And we're really conscious of that because we, we don't want, of course we want to see the city grow and succeed and, and more people in it, but we don't want people to be left behind because of it. We just want it to be a net benefit. Um, so we're really conscious that, you know, we won't buy a building and go, this is the strat, you know what the strategy is here? You kick everybody out and you, you do these things and you know, the rent's better. It's like, that's, don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Just want to do the right thing. Want to be proud of it. And we're lucky because most of the buildings we buy are so shitty <laughs> that nobody's living in it. Nobody's using it. It doesn't like it's, they're just, they're that ugly. So yeah. it's usually easy to find our calling card. It's like, that's really ugly. That's probably your building. That's really kind of nice and sexy that that's might be the building too. So I love it. It's cool. So man, it's just great to see what you're doing in the city and, uh, you know, really making an impact. So what would you, um, what advice would you give to someone or even let's just say younger Steve, um, to kind of, you know, give that motivation, give that drive, um, when everything's crumbling, everything's falling down. We know business is hard. I know, you know, I've seen it in your face and had it on my face where it's like, man, like, <laughs> give me a break, slapped, right? Slapped. Yeah, slapped. So, like, you know, I think now being in the position that you're in, you still get slapped, but, you know, you can you can handle it better. Um, what would you give? To, what advice would you give to someone that's, you know, going through going through something rough in, in business and challenging? Like, um, what you know, what are your, what's your advice? I think the challenge is the, is a constant. So you're never going to not have the challenge. And, uh, but I think you have to train yourself to relish in that challenge. It gets, it's all about enjoying the challenge. Like to me, when something's hard, mm -hmm. I almost get more joy out of it. You know, it's almost a sickness. Like if, how do we make this harder? Like, let, let's make this that much better by making it harder. You know, if a challenge is coming at me, it's, like I said, wipe away that what happened and just work towards solution. And like, it takes some time to, to train yourself to be able to have that resilience, I think. Mm. And I think the resilience is probably the biggest thing that you need. It's like every day you need to be resilient. And, but I really think relishing the challenge, like actually enjoying it, as sick as it sounds, is the secret to happiness because I, I love the challenge. Like, yeah. like okay, let's go. Like, yeah. like whatever it is, it, it you don't necessarily love it at the time, but it brings joy to me coming out of it or doing something that's hard. You know, if something is hard, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be business. It could be anything like going to the gym at six in the morning is hard for most people. But yeah. it, if I do that, it brings me joy because it's hard. Yeah. It's so it's sick. It's a sickness. Yeah. But I think you could train yourself to, to relish the, the difficulty yep. and actually look forward to the challenge instead of like waiting for it to happen and being fearful of it. If you just live in fear, then it, it just wipes away the opportunity. So it's like, want the challenge. Give me the challenge. Give Let's go. Me. Give it to me. I love I'm it. sick. Give it to me. Give it to me. Let's make it work. When we always put ourselves in these scenarios where, you know, like when you get too comfortable, you're like, what's going on? Right? I got to, 
Yeah. I got to throw a wrench into this pot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a sickness. Yeah. <laughs> it really You're is. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as entrepreneurs, like, I think, you know, it's, um, I was talking about it today with Al, and he's just like, man, you're never comfortable. He's like, you are for a minute or a day, but you'll do something that's mm-hmm. going to mess this whole thing up. Yeah. But it's also going to bring a lot more, like, you know, perseverance. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you could actually pinpoint all the times where it's been going well, and then you're like, hey, I'm going to add this massive weight. Yeah. And we're not ready for it. Yeah. Ever. Got to roll with it. I bet there's no right time to buy a building. You can always make it harder. Yeah. But like I said, I, I relish the challenge. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoy it and, uh, and look forward to it. So it's, it's, a, it, it's about the journey. Like to me, it's not, I can't wait till this building's done. Therefore I will be happy. Yeah. You know, or maybe two more or whatever. It's like, I'm perfectly happy with the journey all the way through. And, it's not just need to get to this tip of the mountain and then it, life is grand. It's like the journey's great. It's sometimes it sucks, but the training of telling yourself, gotta be resilient, gotta be dedicated. Like, when you're on it, when you're in it, crush it and enjoy it and enjoy yourself crushing it. You yeah. know? Uh, it's not to be cocky, it's just to be confident that what you're doing you care about and you wanna be doing it. When you, you motivate others so much. Like I really, you know, when you're, when you come on site, when I see you, you know, your, your presence, um, you know, I, I haven't seen a bit of cockiness from you, uh, especially as, as you've grown, you know, substantially in such a short amount of time. Um, well, it feels like a short amount of time to be honest with you. I think friendship kind of brings that together. Yeah. Um, you're like, Oh, that was like, you know, <laughs> it was 11 guy. years ago. Yeah, That's all whatever. Good. That's 11 um, years between friends. Yeah. But, um, no, I think, it, I think it's great in terms of different, you know, different ways of approaching it and understanding that, you know, there's always going to be those hard times, but also we can overcome them if we keep our mindset proper and we have the right support around us, mm-hmm. um, especially when, the, you know, it feels like the world's coming in on you. Uh, where do you see the city in the next couple of years? Do you, you know, where, where, where do you want to see the city? How, how are you going to be, you're, we know you're going to be a big impact, but you know, is there anything you want to see specifically? As always, I've just always wanted to see more people. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see outsiders doing that now and other people um, recognizing that, you know, there are more people coming in. Um, like I said, when I was at Mac, like people were out. And now some of those same people are actually coming back um, and going, this is kind of cool. So I, I would love in the next couple of years that Hamiltonians, number one, continue to be proud of Hamilton. Because yep. for the longest time, people from Hamilton were almost more pessimistic about what was going on in the city than outsiders. Um, but now people moving to Hamilton, I want people to recognize that it's kind of a cool place. And it doesn't have to be Toronto. It doesn't have to be anywhere else. It just could be its own thing. Yeah. And it could be cool and we can appreciate what it is. So I would love to see more business in Hamilton because I think more large developers are coming into Hamilton and building Zillion story towers that we just don't do. Um, so I would love to be able to continue to build more opportunity for business to come to the city yeah. and more cool spaces that can facilitate more jobs. And that to me is really exciting. You know, we had our tenure last year and we just... Congratulations. Thank you. So yeah. we kind of, um, 
went around to the different tenants and asked everybody, you know, what what's your employee count? Because we sometimes it's nice to take a step back and go, are we making an impact? How things are going? You know, visually it's cool, but we've got hundreds of tenants, and out of that, there's over a thousand jobs in all the the buildings wow. that weren't there before. Yeah. So it's cool to take a step back sometimes and go, that's really cool. So that makes an impact. And if we could keep doing that and, you know, five years from now, there's a thousand net new jobs or a thousand jobs that are in these buildings, then that would be really cool. So more people downtown would be great. Yeah. And uh, it just gives more life and more vibrancy. and, And if we could do that in a smart, thoughtful way, that's not going to take away advantages to other people, then that would be awesome. Amazing. That'd be cool. Man, thank you so much, Steve, for being on the show. Um, it's, it's incredible to have such a, such a big impact, impact, impactful person, you know, come in and take the time on your day. I know you're very busy. Pleasure. It's a, uh, it's been an absolute blast. So thank you so much, guys. You can get, um, you can get it, Steve at core urban, um, Core Urban Developments on uh, online. Um, we'll put everything in the bio. Um, yeah, thank you so much, man. It's a pleasure.